But wise men never fall in love So how are they to know first came to New York to be open up her, really theatrically, historic first engagement at the Palace Theater. She said she just wouldn't come to New York without a certain young comic. She wanted him on the bill. His name was Alan King. As you already recall, from the time he opened the Palace Theater, he became the rage of New York. Now he actually commutes to England because he's the number one comedy star in England. So let's have a wonderful welcome for Alan King. Thank you very much. Seems a little chilly for July 5th. I don't know. But uh, uh, I am very happy to be here tonight. Uh, Of course, Ed has been so kind to mention uh, my commuting to England. I just had a great thrill. I was on the command performance for Her Majesty the Queen of England. I hope you don't mind if I spend a few minutes discussing this because with my background, you know, I'm not too familiar with royalty usually, you know. I once got drunk with Count Basie in Cincinnati. (laughs) uh, We were up in Glasgow, Scotland for the command. It was a great occasion. We were all standing backstage after the performance, and the Lord Mayor of Glasgow just walked around with the Queen, you know, he was so excited. I wasn't because I was drunk, you know. (laughs) That's where they make the stuff, you know, up there. It's beautiful. It comes out of the tap. I was standing there, and of course, very nervous, and Lord Mayor said, Your Majesty, may I present Mr. King from America? And she said, How do you do, Mr. King? And I said, How do you do, Mrs. Queen? (laughs) I don't think I'll ever go back. (laughs) No, but she was a very charming lady. Of course, my wife was there with me, but she didn't meet the Queen. Of course, that was when I was there. Now, to hear the story, you think that she doesn't make a move without my wife, you know. Because women lie a lot, you know. No, I mean this. You know, I've been married 12 years. And I found out that when a man becomes successful, in any degree, it's the woman that changes. Now, I come from the Lower East Side of New York. I never met a comedian that didn't come from the Lower East Side. I know a very talented comedian from Cincinnati moved to the Lower East Side of New York. And uh, actually, I lived so far downtown, 14th Street was like Connecticut to me, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I met my wife there. We come from the same neighborhood. In fact, my family had more money than my wife's family. And we were on relief. You can imagine what a thrilling <laughs> thing. Of course, to look at my wife today, you'd never dream she came from so humble a beginning, you know. 
You think she came from a plantation in Virginia somewhere. And that's one of the reasons she's not too happy with me, because I'm the only one left that remembers where she came from. <laughs> Anytime she opens up a big mouth, I remind her where she came from. <laughs> I like to think back the old days when we were so happy, so much in love. We were married two years. My wife told me I was to become a father. This is a big moment in your life. I like the way the women tell you important things. They don't discuss it over the dinner table or during the evening. They wait till you sound asleep. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> It aggravates them that you're sleeping. Now, my wife stays up all night because she hasn't got no place to go in the morning, you know. <laughs> she watches the late show, the late, late show. She salutes the flag, sings the star spangled banner. <laughs> she, waits, she waits for the thought for the day. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but remember what a wet horse smells like and all that. <laughs> I was asleep, as I said, and my wife walks in. Now, when the woman walks in, you're asleep. They do little things to find out if you're really asleep, you know. Like, all oh, the lights go on, they slam the door, the shoes go down, and then the cough. You ever hear a polite cough? <laughs> then she says, are you up? Well, even if you're dead, you react a little. <laughs> then they get alongside of you, and they stop at the elbows. You ever get the harpoon in the ribs in the middle of the night? Alan, if you're not doing anything... Five o'clock in the morning. I'm always busy at this hour. I play polo every morning at five o'clock. What do you want? She says, I don't know. She says, I have a strange desire for some exotic food. She said, run down to the All My Delicatessen and get me a corned beef sandwich with some chocolate sprinkles, some whipped cream, a piece of watermelon, and a sour pickle. Sleepy as I was, I realized that this was it, you know. <laughs> I had seen enough movies to know that this is the way it is. <laughs> you ever notice when a woman is expecting how she really takes charge of your life, the first thing, of course, the neighborhood wasn't good enough anymore. She said, I don't want my children growing up in this neighborhood. I can't afford where I'm living now. What do you want from me? The kid comes, you don't like the neighborhood, let him move. I'm saying, I am. <laughs> suburbs for many years, and this is actually the way I moved out there. She said, let's buy a house. Everybody's doing it. You remember. Ten years ago, the exodus from the city to the suburbs, someone cut a ribbon, they fired a pistol, and the land grants were out. <laughs> Onward to the suburbs, these gallant pioneers with the covered wagons and the mink stoles hanging out the back. You know, yeah! Everybody out there. I bought a house for $48,000. It was listed to sell for twelve five. <laughs> but I wanted extras, you know. Little things like I needed windows, I wanted a floor in one room. <laughs> own your own home. Save your money all your life so you become your own janitor. <laughs> That's all it is. The only time my wife talks to me is, Alan, take out the garbage. <laughs> I say, we didn't eat. Where's the garbage coming from? to see me sit still for five minutes. She collects the garbage from the neighbors just so I can sit down. <laughs> Suburbs, what a ridiculous place to live. Nobody talks to anybody. It's a competition thing out there. I've got one neighbor I haven't seen in four years. He's hiding because he knows I want him to go partners on the hedges. <laughs> That's the big thing, you know, the lawns. Did you ever see Sunday in the suburbs? 
Don't see how ridiculous the men look? They work hard six days a week. Come Sunday, they're on all fours like dogs crawling around. They all have the same outfit, you know. Bermuda shorts, sneakers, bony knees. And they all have the shirt with the alligator on it, like a bag. I come home from a drunk on Saturday night and Sunday morning at quarter to seven the neighbors are out. <laughs> they cut the grass with a motorboat where I live. <laughs> hey, what's going on down there? They say, oh, good morning, Mr. King. They don't drink, you know. They're up. They're ready to go. <laughs> say, what are you going to do about the crabgrass? <laughs> I'm going to let it lay there till three o'clock. Then I'll decide what to do. <laughs> I hope the lawn rots. <laughs> I hope it spreads everybody else's lawn. <laughs> In the middle of a television rehearsal, my wife calls me on the phone, crying, screaming. I rush home. She's standing in front of the house. Alan? <laughs> lawn is dying. <laughs> I didn't even know I was sick. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I've got a gardener. Oh, he's brilliant. Brilliant. He's telling me I have sour soil. I told my wife not to marry me. It's hereditary. <laughs> oh, that's sour soil before me. What do you do about it? Gardner says we use Kentucky bluegrass. That's the finest grass seed in the world. But they don't tell you it only grows in Kentucky. <laughs> I had to buy a racehorse for $3,700. Let him walk around the grounds every the gardens are the only thing to worry about. What about the decorators? Are they beautiful? My wife just found two beautiful decorators. Well, a set of bookends like this you never saw. <laughs> they come to the house once a week. They fly around the room. <laughs> they're always wearing sandals. Could be snow on the ground. They wear sandals. And they're always coming back from Italy. They never go. They're always coming back. <laughs> they keep saying, in this corner, we'll put some ivy. You know about ivy. If you have a piece of furniture that has a hole in it immediately becomes a planter. You know, the ivy, we got it coming out of faucets, keyholes, cracks in the wall. Did you see the new thing where they open up the drawer and the ivy hangs out of the drawer? And my socks and underwear are laying on the floor, but the ivy's coming out of the drawer. And my wife keeps telling me the reason we live out there is for the children. Better schools, which is, of course, We live directly across the street from the public school, and my boy can't attend. We don't live in the zone. <laughs> they got kids from out of state going to the school, but we don't live in the zone. They tell me the zone line runs right through my house. According to them, if my kid slept in the garage, he could go to this school. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, I could go on like this for hours, but I'll be honest with you, the only reason is I don't ever finish this thing. <laughs> I'd like to finish it by selling my house. <laughs> What a delightful audience, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy July 4th weekend, and good night. That's it. anymore. Come on. 
Are you in here? Anyone in here? Hello?
You know, you can hardly pick up a newspaper nowadays without seeing a report of someone somewhere sighting a, a UFO. That's to be an un unidentified flying object. Um, they may be called unidentified, but people are still identifying them. No, they're, un they're identifying the unidentifiability of them, actually. Recently, recently uh, a woman right here in Fernwood not only sighted one of those things, but she claims she came into intimate contact with an alien from another planet. Hey. Uh, she's come here tonight to tell us her story, so would you please welcome Mrs. Sylvia Miller. Come into our spaceship. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you. Sylvia, I'm sure everyone's uh, pretty eager to just hear your story. Why don't you start right in? Yes, well, let me tell you how it was with me. It was uh, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It was a Thursday. It was uh, very much like any other Thursday. I was out in my backyard taking down my wash. Sure. And I was standing there, and all of a sudden, I noticed a huge beam of white light. Well, at first, I thought perhaps I had used too much bleach, but then <laughs> the light became whiter and whiter, and I watched it, and it, it uh, went behind my house in the meadow. You've never been there, but there's no. a meadow. And the strangest thing happened, all of a sudden, uncontrollably, I began to uh, go towards the beam of light, just walking uncontrollably, still clutching a pair of my husband's shorts. And as I got closer to the beam of light, the sky turned blue, and all of a sudden, through the blueness, at this point, I could make out a, a metal object, I would say, perhaps 30 feet this way. Oh, boy. And uh, as I approached it, a huge ramp shot from this uh, thing, and all of a sudden, at the end of the ramp, there was a door, and the door opened, and at this particular time, a uh, blue man of about two feet with antennas walked toward me, and the next thing that happened really just shocked, shocked me to death, I'll tell you the truth. Well, uh, I know it's hard for you to talk about it. Um, could you tell us what happened next? Well, the next thing, the next thing that happened is uh, he threw open his spacesuit and a beam of light shot right out at me. Uh -oh. What in the universe is this? I'm yes. So it didn't have anything to do with your bleach. Uh, no. no. And uh, as the beam of light uh, shot towards me, uh, all of my clothes came off. Holy cow, like a white tornado, like this. That's just incredible. Yes, uh, they just, uh, for some reason, flew off, including my husband's underwear. <laughs> Which we have not found. Yeah, which you were holding rather than wearing. Oh, yes, at that time holding them rather than wearing Throw that them. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, at this particular time, that's exactly what happened. So you were just standing there naked as the day you were born, basically. Yes, I was naked, uh-huh. Uh, and was he naked, too? Uh, I mean, the individual, not your husband. The one who the came out of The man? Yes. That's a very good question. Uh, well, let me let me be honest. I don't know because you see, I have nothing to compare it with. Let me think. Uh, he certainly wasn't anything like my husband. Good or bad? Well, we don't know until we hear the rest of the story. I don't think. Yes, uh, but uh, anyhow, it was at this time that uh, he. Uh, I don't know how to put this delicately. Uh, had his way with me. Oh boy. 
well, I think you put it very delicately. Um, I put it put a lot less delicately. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Just a second here, though. Uh, I, I, this is, I mean, this is all so fantastic. Are you, are you trying to tell me that, that you were abused by an intergalactic being? I'm not sure that I understand that terminology. Are you it was definitely an interracial thing. Yeah. At that particular time, uh, naturally, of course, I started to scream. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, nothing came out of my mouth. Has that ever, I went, <sighs> nothing. Uh, has that ever happened to you? Just when I'm doing the search breath test. Yes. <laughs> it was a terrible thing. And then at this particular point in time, I was uh, violated with a beam of light. Hmm. Actually, uh, Mrs. Miller, could you actually call it a violation if it was simply a beam of light? I mean, really. Of course it was a violation if the light goes where he shined it. Okay. All right. Uh, might as well get right down to it here. Did you feel any physical pain? No, it was not painful. It was humiliating. But I know that I was violated. How long did this attack actually last, this attack of beaming? Just seconds, seconds. Wow, he must be quite a guy. <laughs> the, the serious thing, the thing that I pray and I, I worry so much about, I just hope that I am not carrying a half-breed creature. I mean, for all I know, I could be giving birth to a flashlight. Uh, oh, boy. You never know when you get him on the show what it's going to turn into. This is uh, the bigger story than I thought. Are you actually trying to say that you could possibly be pregnant by a man from outer space? I mean, that's pretty hard to buy. That's what my husband said. Mm-hmm. I would like to, speaking of deviations, I would like to deviate for a minute. I happen to know these TV beams go into outer space, and I'd like to take an opportunity to address this intergalactic pervert out there. And uh, this is Jerry Hubbard down here on Earth. This is not how we handle the women in this world. You're dealing with the, the, the ladies of America here. It's not wham, bams, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I'm telling you, next time you get an idea to come down here to one of our women, the least you can do is take them out for a couple of drinks, maybe a nice dinner. Would that kill you? Maybe a movie. Uh, you like to go to movies, don't you, Mrs. Miller? Let's take her out and uh, shove some scrambled eggs and coffee down her throat. It wouldn't hurt to say an occasional, hey, you're looking nicer. Is that a new dress you got on? And then a little later, if uh, she doesn't have a headache or she doesn't have to get up early, then I think it's time for wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Carry on like that with our women, believe me. Next time you try it, and uh, keep your laser battery itself, we'll cut off your batteries and hand them to you on a silver platter. <laughs> it's from Fernwood tonight. It was Fanny Flag, Martin Mull, and oh, Craig Whitwood. Uh, pretty funny stuff. <laughs> Fanny Flagg, by the way, uh, those of you who don't know, wrote Fried Green Tomatoes, a very good book, and movie. And she was a very funny lady. I think her 
album that she did have was called Rally Round the Flag. Well, our, our show is winding down, according to the English lady's voice, who just informed me that. Uh, so I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Remember, my book, A Pocket Full of Confidence, is available on CD uh, on uh, Amazon. Also, my music and comedy is available on CD Baby and Amazon as well. So you can check it out there. Thank you for tuning in today. This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. And uh, once again, A Pocket Full of Confidence by Nancy Lombardo is available on CD. No, why can't I get where I am? Amazon. I'm on Amazon. That's where I am. Oh, it's one of those days, this weather. Thank you for tuning in. What's the buzz, New York? Big kiss. Bye-bye.